0: Welcome in to the newest episode of Side Mission. Like always, I'm your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by all the boys today, Kyle, Matt, and Thacker. And we are talking about episode two of The Last of Us. Uh, fellas, I think we all agreed, pretty solid episode as a whole following up episode one. Episode one was great, and I feel like this one, I think we're all is this one was pretty damn good, right?
1: Oh yeah.
2: Yes, this episode was amazing. I I loved every second of it, honestly. This might have been better than episode one.
0: One. Yeah, this might have been better.
3: Definitely mid-tier amazing.
0: He just said mid. Fuck no. First of all, you're mid. Second of all...
3: Whoa! (laughs) I said (laughs) said mid-tier amazing. He said
0: said mid! (laughs) I heard mid!
1: He said this is the last of mid.
0: Thacker hated to see Kyle... that I would just never say of that one. Wait a <laughs> <That's so> minute. <dumbly. laughs> See, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, you weren't on the most anticipated games right. episode. This is what recording that episode was like. It was <laughs> yes, very unhinged.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. came
0: off the roll. See, Matt in that episode, and we're going to get back on topic really soon. Matt on that episode said, we need Kyle here. This is why we need him here. And me and Thacker both, without hesitating, said he is chaotic evil. He would make this worse. <laughs> this is proof. <laughs> this is proof that it would be worse. But, yeah, I think that... This episode absolutely was, at the very least, just as good as episode one, if not better. And I think there's a really good shot that it was better. Matt, I'll start with you. Again, we talked a lot about episode one, about how there were some small, subtle changes here and there. And again, you kind of expect that throughout the rest of the series is how it's going to be. I kind of like how this episode opened up with a bigger scene that fully explored the realization at the end of the first episode that Ellie's immune, because that's not really talked about a lot in the game. There's a small conversation about it in the game, and then they kind of all just move on, and it's, oh, let's get to the Capitol building. In this one, I like the opening scene outside, you know, well, not the opening scene, but the first scene with Joel, Ellie, and Tess, where they talk about her immunity and and how much you know Joel doesn't believe in it, Tess does. I really like that scene, Matt. Do you like how they kind of went more in depth there?
1: Actually, yeah, I do, because I really appreciate a little bit more character development and the fact that at first, you know, Joel was very hesitant on believing Ellie. Like, I mean, Ellie's like, you know, this is the bite. This is what happened. And, you know, Joel is just, he is ready to pull his gun out on her at any second. Despite the fact that he killed for her at the end of last episode. Exactly. So it just took me by surprise that we got a little bit more... You know, of that dynamic, which is what I said before in the last, epi- uh, last episode Last episode one, is that the dynamic between Joel and Ellie, which is what, you know, we're going to see so much of as it progresses throughout, you know, each coming episode, but just kind of getting more of that. And it's, and it's just episode two. Yes. Um, but what as, as far as some of the changes go, one thing I just wanted to talk about is how brilliant the opening was with that scene about the origins of the yes. virus. And uh, how it originated in Jakarta, Indonesia. Yeah. But it really shows, like, the severity of it because, you know, the woman that's in there, you know, she examines the body. She's seeing the tendrils for the first time. And, you know, they're asking her, you know, what can we do? And she's just like, nothing. There's no cure. There's no vaccine. And, you know, they just pretty much ended with her saying bomb everything. You know, it it shows the seriousness of the situation where there's just like, there's no no way out of this. We just have to kill everything that is here.
0: You know, I said that last week that the opening scene with John Hanna, you know, on the talk show, I said that it did a really good job of setting up the infection as the main antagonist. And I feel like this scene also did that because, again, it shows that there's, you know, last week the message was if this were to ever happen, We lose. There's no preventatives. There's no vaccine. There's no cure for this. We lose if this ever happens. Mankind loses. And this really did a good job of following up on that in a more serious way. Because, again, you see it up close. She sees the tendrils. And she talks about how she's been studying this for a very, very good portion of her life. And there is no vaccine. I think the exact line is, there is no medicine. There is no vaccine. And the guy asks, you know, what do we do? And she goes, bombing. Start bombing everything. And... There's obviously proof in how disheveled Boston looks that bombing didn't really even yeah, help. No. Like, there's yeah. proof. And, and, you know, in the, in part two, we see Seattle the same way. There's a lot of proof that bombing obviously didn't help that.
1: Yep. Yeah. I, I, I like the fact that there is even that line that mentions the crater in Boston. Like, you know, it, it really gives it more... Because, I mean, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the game, do we not see that crater?
0: You do because it's before you go into that big office building, you, you you know, you're going just on the road straight, and then obviously you just see that big drop-off, that massive drop-off, and obviously you have no choice. And I think that it does approach, it, it somewhat approaches a similar scene where, you know, you find out there's the there's the long way, or there's the stupid way, I think is the way they yeah. say it, or the dumb way. So the long way is going around, the dumb way is trying to, you know, descend to the crater, going straight across, and that's probably the way you, you're most likely to get killed. Um, so let's talk about, obviously, the big change that we all know about now. Obviously, we knew going into this that spores were not going to be a thing, and Kyle, the explanation was obviously given that it's because spores are everywhere. Spores are everywhere around us, and so hence, tendrils came along. And obviously, the infection works a little bit differently. It's still kind of the same thing do you think that this has the same kind of gravity and that 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 design choice works the same way as uh, it did in the game? Does it work for you?
2: Oh, for sure. I think that, honestly, it's very interesting to see how, you know, they discussed uh, quite a few times throughout the way that there's roots growing underneath, you know, the ground everywhere. And it's kind of like a chemical system where the infection can communicate with other you know infected essentially or hosts from anywhere you know within the city i mean potentially miles outside of the city yes and i I think that almost makes it more terrifying knowing that not only if you kill them you know could you potentially set yourself up to attract more through the noise but also if all of the roots and you know the the disease the infection is not dead around you it could potentially learn where you are and say hey there's fresh meat here and like we saw at the end of episode 2 a giant horde came in and
0: from way away yeah
2: yeah i i think that that was done for a reason i i don't think that that's going to be the last time we see something like that happening and I really do enjoy the the twist that they took with it because for those of us who were fans of the game and played the game, it was something we didn't see coming. It was something we I you know heard. didn't we didn't know that the infection could be could communicate that way. I thought it was so interesting to have such a faithful adaptation where there were yes. literal scenes. it looked like shot right from the video game. And it still kept me on my toes with I have no idea how these events are going to unfold.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that there are certain shots from both episodes so far that really stick out. And the number one one from this one that really sticks out for me, uh, that doesn't have to do with the ending, that is, is uh, just and that's for scarring reasons that the ending sticks out to me. We obviously all know what I'm talking about and we'll get to that point. But the scene of Ellie kind of looking up and seeing the two buildings that have collapsed into each other. That's in a lot of, like, the preview material. Like, it's in a lot of, like, the trailers leading up to this episode. That shot of her kind of looking up and looking at the buildings that have fallen into each other. Uh, Just incredible cinematography. I loved that. Uh, The other thing that I really liked about this episode, again, that we see more of now, is that we're seeing more of this relationship between Joel and Ellie. We're seeing more of that where clearly Joel does not want to do this job. He very clearly doesn't want to be here. He've, and and it's again it's that good dynamic between him and Tess specifically because Tess in the game and in the show has this belief of well what if she actually is immune what if Ellie actually is the key, the key to all of this then we would be doing humanity you know a good service and you know, despite the fact that admittedly in both the game, and uh, it's not said in the show exactly like in the game, but the, the undertone is still there, you know, in the game, Tess says, you know, we're shitty people, Joel. It's been that way for a long time. Despite being admittedly shitty people, she does see the the good in what they could do in getting Ellie to the Fireflies and getting her out west. So I feel like that dynamic being explored a little bit more really did some good. Um, Thacker, let, let, let's talk about. One of the big... There were two things we were looking forward to in this episode. We'll get to the other later. We all know that emotional scene, but we'll get to that later. But the other thing that we were all looking forward to going into this episode was the reveal of the clickers. And my God, I don't think the CGI or the effects could have been any more perfect. I think they nailed it, and I absolutely love... I don't know if the three of you knew this. They actually used the setup of the very first teaser trailer ever that we got for Last of Us, the video game. They used the exact same setup, the exact same kind of shots, and there are some things from that teaser that were pulled and used directly in that whole sequence. back let's talk about the entire clicker section, because that, for me, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time.
3: Most definitely. It was absolutely incredible. The makeups department did an amazing job with that. Yes, And you could definitely see that they... Took their time with it. They took every notion of from the game what these clickers look like. And you can see that they got the movement down right as well. That was one thing that seeing these clickers move and jerk about and just come to life from a video game to now this adaptation was incredible. And I'm, I was right there with you. I was on the edge of my seat, normally I'm laying back, chilling, relaxing, recliner style. No, the footrest was down and I was on the edge <laughs> of my seat the entire time just like, oh my God, this is incredible. The entire scene where we see them was just mind-blowing.
0: No, I agree. I, I think the FX and makeup department absolutely deserves a big, a big nod of credit there for sure. Uh, I have a question for the three of you, and I'm Kyle. I'll start with you because I mean, me and you have talked about the games a lot. And one thing that I find very interesting in this, and maybe it'll change going forward, it's just kind of something I've noticed. Is it kind of interesting that the clickers are the more aggressive of the effect- infected type? We obviously haven't seen bloaters yet, and I'm sure we'll probably see them at some point. Um, oh yeah, but it seems like runners aren't really all that aggressive. It seems like they're not really the aggressive type and you know there's theories especially specifically with the ending of this episode there's theories as to why one of them in particular was not aggressive but am I am I losing my mind thinking that because it seems to me like the runners aren't necessarily the, the you know the aggressors when in the game they very much are the aggressive ones
2: Oh, yeah, the clickers were the most terrifying part about this episode, and I cannot commend them enough for how well that they did. I mean, like, it was so cool seeing something ripped straight from the game and put in the show, and I felt that real-world tension, that anxiety when they were having to sneak around them. And then when that one attacked Joel... It was insane watching that whole fight scene go down. It definitely, I think, was the most action-packed scene with an infected that we've seen. And they were a hell of a lot more aggressive than the other, you know, infected that we've seen, obviously, up until the end. But I think that even then, they were all kind of triggered by, you know, the uh, the infection, telling them where to go. So... Yes. they were kind of having to run all the way over there i I think that with the way that the clickers interacted with them, it really showed that they were not you know going to give up until they were either they were dead or the clicker died. It was so fucking cool to hear them i mean like it was it's just it's such an iconic sound and yes i uh, it's you know something that I honestly was really worried about going into the show because I think that's also one of the most iconic enemies of the game probably the scariest enemy of the game because once you know one of them sound off you're gonna get rushed by a shitload of infected and I cannot say enough how well that they did I couldn't be more impressed to be honest
0: no I agree I think that you can really feel the tension in that scene and I again it's, it's an incredible example of words do not need to be said in order to establish how big of a threat Joel, Ellie, and Tess are dealing with. Words do not need to be said at all. Like, there's no build-up to the clickers. There's no, like, you know, there there's no, like, oh, like, in the game you see someone that got attacked by a clicker, or one that was becoming a clicker. You see a dead body that's becoming that. But, in this game, there's, or in this show, there's no real build-up like that. It's They hear the clickers and instantly have to go silent. There's no explanation of what they do or how they do it. There's not much of one, at least. And you understand very quickly how big of a threat it is. Thacker, what did you want to
3: add? I I just wanted to add, like, Kyle, you're absolutely right. It was terrifying, especially with how aggressive they were, because it brought back memories of Left 4 Dead with the witches. They were just super aggressive and super terrifying that it just it brings back the horror of playing those games as a kid and now seeing it in real life it's just crazy.
0: Yeah, so Matt let's let's begin to delve into kind of where this episode goes, how it ends. So let's let's go over like the first major change with the ending. And and that's that the fireflies that are at the Capitol were not actually attacked by Fedra. They actually had someone who was infected they ended up attacking and killing everybody else before they were killed. How did you feel about that change, it not being Fedra? Did you like it, yes or no? Actually, I loved it. Okay, good. Because I, I did kind of too.
1: Like because I think when you're looking back at the game and you're thinking about, you know, Tess's fate, you know, she's such a vital character that really starts the whole, you know, thing going with her convincing Joel to go on this journey with her and Ellie, you know, to, to do what, you know, they're setting out to do to get Ellie to the Fireflies. And in the game, I feel like her death does not really impact as much. You know what I mean? It's like, very, just...
0: very, it's very quick and very, very, like, it's just exactly. like, it, it happens and then you move on.
1: Exactly. But the show really justifies, you know, the character Tess, and she goes out like the hero that she, she really is. Like, I love the fact that she knows that, like, we haven't gotten to this part yet, but at, at this point, after the attack with the clickers, you know, she's infected. So she knows that she's running out of time. So she's she's going to make as much of that time and, you know, help out as much as she can by, you know, sacrificing herself here. So, you know, once those clickers are alerted, not the clickers, so my apologies, the runners are alerted, as Kyle mentioned earlier, with, with everything being a hive mind. And they start running towards her, she's she's well prepared, knowing what she's gonna end up having to do to give Joel and Ellie that chance to escape. Yeah. So once the runners arrive there, what I find absolutely interesting, and I I don't remember if this is like anything from like the game or not, is the fact that the runners detect the virus, the, the fungi is already inside Tess. Like, yeah, you know, so that's
0: that's the big theory with the ending, yes. is that you know, that's why that runner doesn't immediately just jumper, is because it can sense the infection and I, I guess we, we've kind of skirted around it long enough. We probably should have put a spoiler alert up, but I mean, the episode's been out for three days now by the time we're recording. If you haven't watched it by now, I don't know why you're listening into an episode of a podcast <laughs> reviewing it. Uh, that's Listen at your own risk. Let's talk about the scene that everybody has been talking about. and Some people think it's kind of weird. I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle of... I think yeah. that how they did it is weird because... You essentially allowed a runner to essentially look like it was fucking making out with Tess. It's a little it's a little odd saying that out loud doesn't even like make it feel real. It's just kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but there is definitely a part of me that's also saying, well, she's currently fighting the infection trying to get the lighter to light. She's struggling, and she's using every bit of the humanity left in her just to get that thing lit so she can drop it on the ground where she's got the gas and the grenades so that... You know, she can blow blow up the atrium of the Capitol building and, again, give Joel and Ellie a chance to get away. Uh, Kyle, start with you. First of all, what was your initial reaction to that scene? Because there was part of me as it was happening, and I watched this with my mom, to put that in perspective. So it was a little <laughs> odd. It was a little odd. A little odd. I've, I've seen weird movies with my mom before, so it's not like anything new. Me... I watched Assassination Nation with my mom. That's about the most cringy movie you can watch with a parent. Uh, yeah, terrible movie. Don't recommend it anyways. uh but what was just kind of your initial reaction to that scene and and did you think it was weird or did you think that it made sense?
2: I think that logically yeah it probably makes sense that you know the reason that they didn't come in and just completely maul her. Was because they could sense that she was already infected. Now yeah. the way that they went about having them interact questionable. It's kind of weird. Is a uh, you know I I think that it it would have been cool if you know the infected had gotten closer to, her, closer to her, closer to her, and was about to you know obviously kill her, and then right before he got to her, she lit the lighter and then died that way. I don't know why she had to really you make out with it um but i did think that it was really cool how if you pay attention earlier in the episode right after the clicker attack when they're outside on the roof you can see the scratches on tess's neck for a couple of scenes and then when they're walking and she's walking ahead of them you can see the scratches again, but for the rest of the time, she tries to cover it up. So there were only a few times where you could see it and know before she announces I'm infected. And, you know, having played the game, I kind of knew that that was coming. And so I was looking for it, and it was really cool to see that little Easter egg, um, as well as the other one where when they were traveling on the highway, um there was a stuffed animal giraffe underneath the car for those who have yep. played the game yeah, obviously yeah. know what that means and I'm really excited that they throw these things in there for you know those of us who have played the game to kind of point at the TV Leonardo DiCaprio style and go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's really cool I, I definitely think it was a weird decision to have an infected pretty much just make out with Tess, but I do understand The reasoning behind them not just coming in and like tearing her to pieces.
0: Yeah, and and on that note, I kind of understand it because the other the reasoning someone said, well, you know, why does it need to do that? Why would the infected do that? Well, I think that the thought process is that the tendrils through the mouth is a direct line to the brain, and I think that that's the thought process. There is, that makes sense. That would that would speed the infection along, And, and what Matt just said, maybe to rush the process. Like that's, I think that that is the thought process there behind it, and I, I, I can make sense of that in the moment. I did kind of look over at my mom and go, "I don't know what the fuck that was. That was not in the game. I don't know what that was. That was not in the game, though." <laughs> so, so exactly. I, so that that was a little wild, but I, I guess it does make sense. It didn't ruin the episode at all. The episode was fantastic. I would give that episode a solid nine out of ten. It was really, really damn good. Um, and it leads into what should be a really interesting episode next week, which has been reported that it's going to be about a little over an hour and 20 minutes long. And so that's a beefy, beefy episode. Uh, Let's go. We obviously know in the game the next thing that happens, and that is obviously Bill's Town. And I, I think that there's a lot of interesting changes that are already been hinted at. For one, Frank is still alive. In the game, obviously, yes. Frank is not no longer alive. You don't see, you see his body at the end of the section with Bill. Um, so I, I think that there is a lot to look forward to next week. Is kind of this origin story. I'm, again, looking forward to Nick Offerman uh, as Bill just because I think Ron Swanson is Bill. I feel like he's going to knock it out of the park. So that leads into today's Bounds round.
1: Let's go. On. So. <laughs>
0: With that being said, I've given my answer already, and that's obviously Nick Offerman as Bill. Let's dive a little bit deeper because we dipped into the we dipped into the shallow end last week talking about what are some moments we are excited to see. And I have another one that I'm excited to see, but I'll let you three go first. And if one of you steals it, one of you steals it. It is what it is. But, Matt, I'll start with you. What is another moment from the game that you are excited to see how it's done in the show and maybe see if it's given a little bit of a twist what are you looking forward to the most
1: okay so without getting into too much spoilers um the game's been out
0: for a decade we're not giving (laughs) a fucking spoiler warning on that that is no we're
2: not and plus we don't even know if it'll be you know done that way in the show yeah like we don't know we don't
0: know anything it's a we are a small town pot we are a small time podcast we do not have insider information matt go ahead Uh
1: what I am most excited about to see in the coming episodes is the storyline for um, Henry and Sam. Yes. Uh, for our play yeah, for who played the game. What I like yep. more is the fact that we are develop, like we are delving more into backstories for these characters. Like maybe we like there's going to be a lot more added to their story, and then their connection with Ellie and Joel. And I definitely think yes. that you know what's to come is going to have more of an impact.
0: Do we think that uh, that Sam being or not? So yeah, Sam being deaf how do we think that's going to change the story because obviously the big thing is that he's going to be deaf this time around and Henry will know sign language I think Matt did they say that? Does is Ellie going to know sign language in this as well or is that just Henry because I feel like I saw a report where they supposedly both of their characters would know sign language for this role
1: I, I think I did hear somewhere that Ellie will actually know ASL so I I, I think that that would definitely help especially to because they have you know they, they form a bond, like a friendship really quickly. Yes. So I think that that, like with Ellie knowing it, I think that
2: they can explore that friendship a little bit more.
0: I think that'd be fantastic. Kyle, go ahead.
2: Yeah. Speaking of friendships, I think one thing I would really like to see is left behind.
1: Yes. To life
2: in this adaptation. Yeah. yeah. I know that they mentioned it when they were on the bridge and You know, Ellie or Ellie was asked by Tess how she got bit. What her initial attack was, and she mentioned that she was, you know,
0: she wasn't alone. Yeah,
2: yeah. And she was alone. And I, you know, you saw this look on her face and how she kind of said it under her breath. You knew that she was lying. That she was there with a friend that we saw and left behind. And I really hope to see. And I also think that the way the flashbacks in this show like how we saw in the beginning of episode two i think that they've been done really well and i would not be disappointed if you know about midway through we had an episode maybe even you know during the winter section where we could see you know flashbacks throughout the episode of what happened there kind of like how they maybe don't want to yeah, I, I think it would I think it would be pretty awesome to see that brought to life.
3: Honestly, uh it's funny you mentioned the winter section. I he's gonna cannot... fucking
0: steal mine. He's gonna fucking steal mine. <laughs> I I knew it. He's gonna fucking steal mine.
2: Let's go. I'm sorry,
0: Rusty. I didn't know. Hurry up. <laughs> Get the shit over with.
3: Look, I... I cannot wait to see the whole cannibal I scene. fucking knew it.
0: Oh, you oh. fucking low-hanging fruit-ass motherfucker. <laughs> it was an amazing. Hurry up and game. talk about I... it. Hurry up.
3: Would you like <laughs> to talk about it, Rusty? No, hurry up
0: and talk about it. Hurry up. I'm hurt. <laughs> Give me your pity. Talk about the damn Cannibals. <laughs> I feel bad now. You should.
3: Now continue. You should. <laughs> no, I... In the game, it was an amazing part. I loved every moment of it. It definitely had you on the edge of your seats while playing it. I cannot wait to see how they do that because from being on the edge of your seats playing it to now possibly being able to see it and everything, it's going to be absolutely crazy, especially the final fight in that area. I just want to know
0: who's playing David. David. That's my whole thing. I really want to know who plays David in all of this because, you know, Nolan North...
3: That can be interesting.
0: Nolan North, obviously, famously, is the voice of David, and it's one of his most unrecognizable voices in the game, so I'm intrigued to see that. Now, the question I have is, because we've all seen the still shot by now of, you know, Troy Baker is in the show, and it seems like the role he's playing, there's snow on the ground, he's got a gun, he looks like a raider. I'm wondering if he's going to be a part of the Cannibals' camp. There's part of me beef. there's part of me that is wondering that because the still shot of him it looks like a shot from winter which is when that storyline happens So I really think there's a chance that they re- that, that, uh, all the people that have played the game are gonna have that Leonardo DiCaprio moment where they see him on screen and they're like oh I know him I know him they're, they're, they're gonna have that moment I feel <laughs> um, there's definitely a lot more emotional scenes that we don't want to get into right now. Unfortunately we don't want to spoil a ten year old game for you. Uh, <laughs> fucking go play the fucking game if you don't want to be. Why are you listening to a podcast if you don't want spoilers? Like, come on now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but
0: on that on that positive note, we're gonna go ahead and roll cut this episode here. So that's gonna do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Side Kyle tweeted during this episode at Slim Jim, so I think that that's worth pointing out. Um, Let's go. So that's meat. Uh, Anyways, with that being said, for the boys, for Matt, for Kyle, for Thacker, I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening.